Hello everyone, this is Nolan with the 307 RPG Podcast, and I just want to say thanks to all of our awesome patrons. If you like our show and want to support us, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash the Forge Herald. Thanks everyone, hope you enjoy the show. Hello everybody and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. My name is Patrick and I'm your host and I am joined as always by my co-host, I'm Nolan. Cody is unable to be with us today because of work, so he... We will push on without him. Nolan, anything exciting in your world right now? I think just the same fun stuff that everybody's going through. Hopefully you are staying safe and practicing what they recommend. Uh, hopefully you get to still do some work and hopefully the the end is in sight so we can all get together around tables and, and start playing together because that's some of the most fun that I get to have uh, during my, my week. So looking forward to getting back to some normality. I agree totally. Uh, any other like cool games you're playing right now? Is there anything you're looking forward to seeing come out? Let's see here. Gosh, you know, I feel like that's kind of all that's been getting to look at here lately is just new games, new RPGs being on sale um, and going back and trying to play old ones. I think I'm almost done with the Outer Worlds finally after months of trying to sit down and play it. Uh, me and my son are playing Dragon Quest Age of, uh, I believe it's Elysium, something like that. Uh, and that's been fun to play a classical kind of japanese rpg with him uh though we can only go about 20 minutes at a time because he expects me to read the voices and his favorite thing to do is run up and talk to old people and make me do the old person voice. oh that's awesome <laughs> but that's that's about it a little world of warcraft and, and and some raiding but uh just it's amazing even when i have more time because of stuff going on i still don't have more time just with kids being home so Right. Totally understand that. You know, I haven't been playing hardly anything lately. I've, I, you know, you and I've talked about this quite a bit. I've just been struggling with games. I just have not found anything that's really grabbing my attention right now. I know I'm really looking forward to Cyberpunk. And as you and I discovered, there appears to be a free to play MechWarrior online. So I might check that out. But yeah, nothing too exciting over here. That's for sure. I was gonna say, I know I'm looking looking forward to some of the uh, looking forward to some of the RPGs coming out. Uh, like you said, Cyberpunk, that Baldur's Gate game, uh, Baldur's Gate Three looks good, and then whatever or whenever uh, they start to give us some more of those uh, that uh, looks like that Dritz, a hack and slash uh, Dark Alliance style game. So I think this fall will be interesting, um, but. Yeah, right now it's kind of a kind of a lull for me. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's not get too bummed out. Let's move on to the news. So we're starting with 307 RPG news as we always do. Uh, with the closing of retail stores here in Wyoming, our local giveaway has been suspended. Once it is safe and responsible for businesses to open again, we will of course relaunch that giveaway, and I promise it will happen. Until then. Um, make sure you're using the drive through RPG link at the top of our pages to get yourself some awesome games. I know a lot of authors have been giving stuff away for free to help people occupy their time. So it could be a great time for you to take advantage of that, create a drive through account and see what's out there. Cause there's a lot of really neat stuff being written by some fantastic people. Yeah. I was going to say, you got your, uh, wild mount right this week as well i did and i figured we could talk about that during DD news but yeah i did get wild mount i didn't think it was going to happen actually with all the stuff that's going on i thought that that because i got a delay in shipping and 
And then all of a sudden you and I were talking about that. I was like, well, maybe I should just go ahead and cancel. And I looked and I was like, well, holy shit, it's going to be delivered today. Yeah. That was nice to a nice uh, surprise. It was, it absolutely was. And <laughs> my son is itching to get you to, to let me look at, let him look at that book. And so far I haven't, but I, I'd imagine he's just going to do it when I'm at work. Yeah. Sneaky bastard. Yeah. Oh, well, we are, of course, with everybody being asked to socially distance, as Nolan mentioned earlier, and, and it is the responsible thing to do. I want everybody to remember, it, there are ways for you to continue to play your tabletop RPGs. I know it's not the same, like Nolan and I talk about you know, sitting around the table and how much that really does bring into the game because you get to see each other and see each other's reactions and things like that. But there are ways to keep playing. Like for example, tonight we will be playing on roll 20 for our scarred lands game because we would like to continue. Uh, there are other platforms like astral. If I remember correctly, astral is setting it. So where all their paid features are now free for, I don't know how long, but it is an option for you. Have you played on World 20 or Astral at all, Nolan? I have not. I've seen it just through some Twitch streams, and I'm, I'm curious to get into it. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's a good opportunity, especially uh, it seems like over time, games get harder and harder for people to get together. And if this is an opportunity or people move away to, to keep this stuff going, I, that's so great. I agree. And I know we're going to look at using, uh, like I said, Scarred Lands tonight with Roll20. Um, and I think... The plan is actually to try, if this works out for us, to try Roll20 for our vampire game next Friday. So I, we are going to keep playing games. We're going to do everything we can to keep playing games and, and stay engaged with each other. Because although most of us are introverts, especially Nolan and myself, we still enjoy getting together and, and having this release, if you will. So I'm curious to see how it's going to work. Aiden's been playing on it, my son. He's been playing on Roll20 the last couple nights, and he is incredibly pleased. In fact, the other night he came upstairs and he says, Dad, I don't see a reason to get together ever again. This is fantastic. Yeah, some of the maps and some of the lighting and how deep you can go with it. Uh, I can see that, especially from a, a DM standpoint of the creation. Yeah, it could get pretty addicting yeah he's he's absolutely enjoying it he's been stealing my computer and running downstairs for the last couple of nights i think they played for almost eight hours yesterday nice. yep so he is absolutely enjoying it so yeah that's that's it for 307 rpg news so let's take a look over at dungeons and dragons with washington having the outbreak that they have they are of COVID 19 i am not at all surprised to see very little coming from watsi for DD or any other game that they have they did recently put out a statement uh, which details some of the free stuff as well as changes to schedules like for competitive magic. Uh, I didn't want to go too deep into that. I do have a link in the show notes, but they did say there's some like um, parts of Wildmount are going to be offered free, I believe. Okay. Which I'm sure people will enjoy that. And as Nolan mentioned earlier, on a happier note, Explorer's Guide to Wildmount is released, and I did get my copy. You grabbed a digital copy, didn't you? I did pick it up on D&D Beyond. Um just nice to have it on the library and to be able to share with the uh, with the people around us. And I know we'll probably do a deep dive with it. I think we were talking about maybe in April, so I don't get into it. But I did enjoy some of the classes that I got to take a look at. Uh, the subclasses were pretty cool. The magical items are really cool. And a kind of a vestiges guide it was, uh, I think, would be a lot of fun to have in a game. I love the idea. And we've talked about it in our magical items uh, episodes of having stuff level with you. Um, you don't see you know, 
you don't see the hero in a, in a lot of fantasies like changing their armor every time they find something and and having that weapon for life or having a family heirloom or something like that that's important to your character just to be tossed aside because you find a plus three you know great sword I, I like the idea of having something that grows with you that you can kind of build a character around and and so they have a pretty good guide to more of them and the other faction of them so if the vestiges were the good side i there's a dark side to them as well so that was pretty cool was there was a class that you were very you know and i, and I know you said we're going to do a deep dive and we will but i just wanted to hear um there was one class in particular that you really liked why don't you tell us a little bit about that so for me the one that jumped out uh was the echo knight uh and i thought that was kind of a cool thing i think it deals with a lot of um well uh, what it does is it's it's glimpses of yourself that you manifest so it's 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 you and it's kind of like a, a mage image style thing but it's a it's an echo of a manifested destiny or a timeline where it shows up and helps you fight and i think that's just kind of a neat thing where uh i, I think one of the the wizards dealt with time one of the wizards dealt with gravity and then this one here kind of deals with that time as well and uh, it, it's just a neat uh, take on a fighter it gives you a lot of utility because you can eventually swap spaces with your echo um, but I, I could just see the little you know summoning shadow warriors kind of being a, a fun play and it gives some you know anytime you give fighters some magic or light magic to build around it makes them a little more excited than just i attack four times because that's also fun but this here gives you some fluff and flavor too cool and like Nolan said, we will be doing a deep dive. We're actually be doing a lot of stuff with Critical Role next month. We're going to look at the Taldry source book. We're going to look at Wild Mount uh, and a couple of the things. We just haven't quite decided how next month is going to play out. This whole thing has thrown us for a loop and has made it to where you know, every week we're just like, well, how, how are we going to handle this week? But we promise we will get it all figured out and we will continue to put out shows for you to listen to. Hmm? No new Unearth Arcana. And I, again, have to imagine most of wizards is probably not working right now so nothing new there to talk about of course if something does come out new we will let you know and no one will tell us all about it i also don't see anything new about the new theros book have you seen either of anything new for either of those things it's been pretty quiet um you know a lot of the stuff that i've read or caught up on was talking about the wild mount um and that's been a lot of the discussion uh, as far as like the forums go and, and Reddit and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I've seen a lot of videos coming out for Wild Mount and even some podcast stuff for Wild Mount. So I know that's the big kick right now, which it should be because that book just released. And, you know, just the flipping through it that I've done, it, you know, it, it's a Matt Mercer book. And I can't imagine he's going to do anything half-assed because just like the Taldry Source book, it was fantastic. This is going to be amazing, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to deep diving in it. So, as am I, which is great because I haven't been too excited about D&D &D and I'm really excited about this one. So, Okay, let's stroll on down the Onyx path. Uh, of course, the Kickstarter for Legend Lore is live. My guess is that they're struggling with this one to get traction. Typically, an Onyx path Kickstarter goes live and we see it funded within one to three hours. They've been alive for almost a week now. And they're only at 50% of funding. I think they might get there. It is, like you said, you know, it is an interesting time. Uh, people are not, and it's hard to back something that you don't know if you're going to see for a while in times like this. And like you're saying, especially when people are giving a lot of stuff out for free, uh, it's a good opportunity to uh, pick up some of that stuff in play. So when it's a, you don't know if you're going to be working, you don't know when you're going to get back, you don't know how you're going to pay the bills. It's it's hard to back something. I get that. I completely agree. And 
Uh, I hope it gets funded. It does look like a neat game. We did go ahead and back it. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I do think the game looks really interesting. Other than that, of course, Onyx Path mentioned that the majority of them are all, you know, work at home. So they don't have the worries that like Watsi has where they have a massive building. So they're able to continue doing their work uh, and communicating with each other. So they, I know they're moving forward on stuff, but it is a very slow time for everybody. But what they did do this this week, and I thought this was really just awesome. You know, we talked about free stuff from Drive Through RPG. Onyx Path went ahead and made several of their 20th anniversary editions free. They started on Monday by offering Vampire the Dark Ages for free. Tuesday it was Werewolf the Apocalypse. Wednesday it was Mage the Ascension, or Mage the Ascension, which, if you know anything about that book, it's a like 700 page tome which is just massive it's like a doorstop uh on thursday it was changeling and then they wrapped up on friday with wraith and again these are all the 20th anniversary editions these are typically when the pds for or when you buy the pds for these these are typically 30 dollars. so for them to just throw these out there and say hey get these for free now's your ch now's your chance i thought that is pretty awesome yeah, a lot of really good content. You know, after doing some of our deep dives and stuff like that, your that mage book is huge. <laughs> yeah, so funny story about that mage book. Aiden, my son, he I told him about it, and he's got a friend who's into mage, and and of course he's like, Dad, I have to have this. So he set up a drive through RPG account. Um, he went ahead and got it, and his thought process was that I just had to chuckle when he told me about this. Was he was going to print it, or he was going to get the get the PDF and then go to a local print store and just print it off, or I think actually intended to go to the library. And he thought, you know, it'll be about twenty twenty five dollars, and it'll be great. And I'll have you know a book. And then he realized how many pages it was, and his jaw dropped. And he's like, Dad, it would be like sixty bucks. There's no way I'm doing that. Yeah, that would be a fun uh, print on demand task yeah exactly <laughs> so he decided just to keep the pdf i think he's just using his phone to read it which will work out just fine for him he also picked up changeling and wraith it was a little late for because i don't think i told him about it until wednesday so he didn't get dark ages vampire or werewolf but he was pretty excited to get the three books that he got yeah that'll be a lot of content for years to come if he decides to hop into each one. Oh yeah absolutely and and i know he's really looking forward to it. he's he's slowly getting himself into the world of darkness which excites me so <laughs> Okay, um, not a whole lot else for Onyx Path either. Uh, again, really quite time for a lot of places. Uh, I did mention, I've mentioned this a couple times now, that we are going to start covering Modifius a little bit more. Uh, so I thought I'd look over there and see what's going on there. And of course, again, not a lot going on. However, they did say that the pre-order for Elder Scrolls Call to Arms is now live. Nolan... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Elder Scrolls is a game that you were always interested in but never played. Is that correct? Well, uh, Elder Scrolls Online is a game, yeah, like that. Um, but the Elder Scrolls franchise is everything. You know, it's it's Skyrim, Morrowind, Oblivion. That's all the Elder Scrolls saga. So uh, I very much enjoy the RPG. That is uh, one of those ones that I'm always excited to play. And then I spend several hundred hours um, and realize that I'm not even close to beating the main story just because I get lost in them. Uh, the same thing with Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, they do a great job of, I mean, it, it feels like the game, like you can break into houses and steal anything that's not glued down and and you can deal with getting caught and fencing and and you can you can play that sort of thing. It, I, the combat for me is difficult and I think a lot of that's just time spent in it. Uh, but yeah, I'm 
such a fantastic world and the the lore is great and and much of my childhood and growing up through games is is in that world uh through oblivion and morrowind and so this will be a miniature war game which i mean if you're a fan of miniatures this is i've seen some of the miniatures that they're advertising for this and or maybe one just one in particular and it looks just freaking badass so if this is something you're interested in, uh, you should check it out. I do have a link in the show notes. Uh, I've never played Elder Scrolls. I never got into it, uh, mostly because I just didn't want to get into another online game, as at the time I was pretty hardcore into World of Warcraft. It looks like this one is a lot of the the symbols, the colors are based upon the Skyrim uh, RPG game. Uh, I noticed that from just the, the box cover, the call to arms, a lot of the miniature uh, scenes are a lot of the... Uh, far northern uh, looks like borrows of undead and you kind of deal with a lot of that in that game as well uh, it looks it looks good I I, I don't know they, they look neat I don't know how they are for pricing and stuff like that because I never did get much into uh, that area um, and, and quality but just from looking at it it, it makes me kind of want to go log into Skyrim so <laughs> that's funny uh, i'd imagine this is going to be with it being a miniature game you're probably looking anywhere from 75 to 100 dollars uh, especially if it's anything like cool mini or not does with their miniature games but this could be a great usually when you get these type of miniature games this is a great way to build up your supply of miniatures for your other rpgs it's usually the most inexpensive way to do it oh yeah i could see that i could see that real quick just looking at some of these and some of the uh, the battle maps and stuff that would be uh, an easy carryover to some D&D places. Other things for Modifius, they did announce a new supplement for their Star Trek adventures, the Star Trek tabletop RPG. This new book is a source book for the Delta Quadrant, which if you're a fan of Star Trek, you would know that this is where the Borg come from. Borg are horrifying and exciting all at the same time. I think they're probably the best villain or the most terrifying villain that they ever created for Star Trek. So this will be an interesting one to add to your Star Trek uh, Adventures collection. Okay, that's all the news. This might be a short episode tonight, guys. I Just not a lot going on. I was going to say, did we see, and sorry, and we'll, we'll find out more information. Did we see that uh, Lord of the Rings RPG got picked up by somebody, so it's not going away? Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so we should talk about that. Let me see if I can pull that up real quick. I just know that we were interested in it. We did pick it up through Humble Bundle when uh, Crucible 7 was uh, no longer having the license. Uh, I don't think I've opened more than two of the books of the nine I think I got. Um, but I did see an announcement that they got picked up. Uh, the One Ring, I think, is what it's going to be based upon. Uh, so there will be more books coming. So That is absolutely correct. I just cannot remember who it was that picked them up. And I'm trying to find that real quick. And it is going to be based on the one ring, like you said. Sorry, folks, forgive us for just a second as we try to figure this out. I think this is a, a good point that Nolan's making here. And I, I, I'd like to make sure we get that information out there for you. Free League Publishing. It's on that Wikipedia. Yep. Okay. So on, on March 9th, 2020, Free League Publishing announced that it will be publishing a new edition of the game. Um, and I think it's going to be based on the One Ring uh, play version. So like, fairly new. I mean, I guess it is within the last week or so. And I believe that the One Ring uh, publication that, that you're, or the game that you and I are talking about, that's not the same as the one that they did the Humble Bundle on. Um, 
forget what the, I think those Adventures in Middle Earth is what they did the Humble Bundle on. Uh, so it'll be a little bit different. Yeah, that's correct. Um, but if you are a fan of that world, that that whole mythos, this could be a really neat game to check out. I know that, like Nolan said, Crystal 7 did have the licenses for uh, the One Ring as well as Adventures in Middle Earth. Uh, for whatever reason, we don't know. They lost those licensing. They ceased publication in November. And then it looks like uh, March 9th, 2020, uh, Free League Publishing announced that they will be publishing a new edition of the game. Um, so that, at least it's still around. You know, we looked at it while we didn't get a chance to to play it yet, hopefully. Uh, the, the books were really well done. The lore seemed to be very spot on, and uh, the attention to detail was there of what... Uh, was happening in the area i mean it, it read like a really good source book uh and as somebody that really is a huge fan of that that whole uh almost it's its own genre almost as far as the the tokenologist and all that kind of stuff i i love that i love as much history as i can get and that really scratched that itch for me yeah i completely agree um i'm gonna throw a link to free league publishing in the um show notes they've got quite a few rpgs that they do i've some i've never heard of a lot of these so uh, looks like this is a Swiss company, maybe. Yeah, I was trying to see what they were doing. I, you know, because usually you're looking like, oh, it's in the hands of so and so, and they're going to be okay. I had not heard of this one. Um, didn't realize that there was an alien RPG. I didn't either until I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they do alien. They do. I'm not sure what loop is. Um, Mork Borg art punk RPG. Never heard of that one. And, and of course, then. Um, the Tolkien Middle-Earth games. So I will make sure... Oh, apparently, what Tales from the Loop, now in an Amazon original series on Prime, this is also an RPG that they do. That looks very futuristic, MacWarrior-type stuff. I'm not sure. Anyway, I'll be sure to throw that in the show notes so you guys can check it out. Okay, so... As we have been doing, this month has been dedicated to Scarlands. We started the month off by talking about Scarlands in general while highlighting one of the races. Um, then last week we had Travis Legg, who is the line developer for Onyx Path for Scarlands, on the show. Uh, and now tonight we are going to be talking about the mega campaign called Vengeance of the Shunned, which we've talked about in the past that we are currently playing through with our Scarlands group. Nolan, why don't you tell us a little bit about Vengeance of the Shun from the player's perspective? So what we got out of this so far is basically a, a, a group of many authors came together and put together this mega campaign. It seems like each person put together basically a little section. And as you play through, almost each one of those missions done by a person kind of gets you a level. Uh, so that was kind of a nice thing to know. That basically, once you wrapped up a book, you know you're going to gain a level. Uh, there are enough for 15 levels, uh, and I will say currently, because it sounded like we might get some more Vengeance of the Shun news, and I don't know if that'll be uh, continuing on or if all of these are going to come out in one book. Don't know. Um, but basically, you kind of get, not necessarily roped in, but your path crosses with the wrong evil person. And uh, being the heroes that you are, you go and stick your nose in her business, much for the benefit of the world, since she's not a very kind person. She, uh, her name is Mahiel. She has some pent up hatred and res uh, resentment towards what happened during the Divine War 150 years ago, give or take. And at this point is just ready to basically hit the reset button. 
So doing everything in her power to either bring back the Titans, wipe out the gods, make the dwarves pay for their act in the war or their cowardness as she sees it. Uh, so you are on a trail of her going through a lot of really horrible events that she's either set into motion um, or stumbled upon and you're kind of cleaning up after her while chasing and she you know we're we're far enough now into it where it seems like uh, some of this stuff might be getting the better of her so now we went from having a very methodical planned out evil person to seeing little cracks in the armor um, and that's making her a lot more I don't know if reckless is the right word, but uh, the morals are gone and, and it's getting a little more crazy. So we've had a lot of fun with it. Uh, you know, I think with every campaign of this size, um, there are ups and downs through the books where um, I think my only complaint about the whole thing is they, they are a series of almost one shots. So as they as they kind of read, you can feel like, hey, you do this, you wrap up this quest and then we would... You know, we'd be like, okay, that's this for this book. We'll come back, you know, next week and play. Well, we would find out that we were now all of a sudden, up, you know, 70 miles north uh, and starting there. And so we, the way we played it, it kind of got a little, uh, I don't know. There was just little gaps in there where I think that, you know, if you were, if we were to go back and play it again, I think you would kind of having it as a full book and, and giving the players that time in between might help a little bit. I don't know. When you have when you have campaigns with a, a time clock, I mean, where where you're racing against uh, her, destroying the world, you don't get a lot of that downtime. And uh, we're we're pretty good at forcing it in. Patrick's done a good job of giving us opportunity in the lulls between the action to get some of that in there. But it is a very go go go. Uh, combat is pretty continuous. There is some really fun areas that you get to visit across Scarn. Uh, you really do get to take a world tour of it, but. I don't know. I, I've enjoyed it. I would play it again. I would like to go back and run it for other people. And I think that's probably the uh, one of the better compliments you can give something is seeing what I see now, uh, seeing what Patrick sees now. You know, I'd like to take some other people to it, take out the best parts, make sure we hammer those home, take out the, the slow parts and make sure you pass through them because sometimes you get bogged down um, and see another a whole another groups of reaction to the messed up stuff that we've had to go through. Completely agree. It is an interesting game or story. Sorry, not game. I'm looking at multiple screens here. It is an interesting story. And I do like the fact that it is written by so many different people. And like Nolan said, I do believe Travis kind of foreshadowed some stuff last week when he was on the show. He said there are some stuff coming out for Vengeance of the Shunned. I genuinely hope they're going to do one massive book where they throw all these together. It would make it a lot easier, especially since uh, as we're playing through it, uh, it, we're constantly referencing certain uh, web pages to find out the exact order. There's a lot of different side quests that are written. And, and you know, you can, if you want to, skip the side quests, but really, I feel like some of the side quests have op have given us some amazing uh like role-playing opportunities and character development opportunities and there's you get to see kind of what's happening with the other people in the world going through this and i think that's a neat thing as well um just to see how the other factions are freaking out uh at this time as well um so you get to be a part of that help them deal with their things and it also gives you some insight into that world if maybe you don't have one in your group you know we have a city orc there's a spot where we're dealing with some orcs that are very nomad based and, and seeing uh just kind of how the the tribe lives on the plains was really neat uh 
and I think that was a nice contrast to our city orc, and it, it brought out some really awesome moments from the him uh, that he, I think kind of set the tone for his character for the whole campaign through a side quest. And it's been fun, you know, seeing that development. Now, where I feel like it struggles a little bit, and this is kind of where I've I get frustrated because, as Nolan said, it is on a clock. You are desperately trying to stop this person from for right, wrong, whatever is trying to change the world because she feels like there's these, this massive betrayal and she is really the bad guy that you can find common ground with because you can almost see her point and why she's doing this, but you are desperately trying to stop her from doing these things. So it doesn't give you a lot of time to just stop and sit around the campfire, if you will, and, and discuss what's going on. You just, you just don't have that time. So it's constantly go, 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 go. Now we've tried to give opportunity um, to let you guys as the players. So you guys are getting a, a unique perspective as in I'm the DM in the game and Nolan is the player in the game. So you're, you're getting a, a great two-person perspective of this whole campaign. So I've, I've done my best to work in areas where you guys can sit and talk and try to chat, but it doesn't always lend itself to do that. I'd, and again, you, it's hard to find the balance of, it seems like we're pretty good at like, well, this is a serious moment. Let's stop for a second, have a conversation. And it's like, oh my, he'll just open up a portal and we're on our tails. This isn't a moment to have a moment, you know, about what's going on. And, and I think that's probably how it would be in, in, in an, a real adventuring cycle. But it is sometimes with those things like that was an epic battle. Let's decompress a little bit and there's no time. One of the things that I really enjoy about this whole thing is you get to see a lot of different writers' perspective. You get to see how they have written this story, this character, this this whole massive campaign, the mega campaign. Uh, and there's opportunities where you can see good people doing bad things because they think it's the only way to accomplish the goal. Example being there was a situation where a dwarf that you guys had met in the bridge city has resurrected this beetle army, but to, in order to do so, he has to have human sacrifices to do it. And while it is inherently bad what he's doing, he sees it as doing it for the greater good. So you have these really interesting moral conundrums that you guys are experiencing. And I, I really enjoyed that whole aspect of it. And, and I like that, uh, again, what would you do? You know, I think that's one of those things. Do you do you sacrifice one to save a million? And that's kind of the, it, it puts that in your place of not only the bad guy you can sympathize, but with the good guys doing horrible things to try and survive. You're like, no, I, I get it. You know, we're asking you to put a lot of faith in us four or three adventurers to try and stop her before you go off the deep end and start like a genocide of your people or or humans to combat something that isn't here yet. You know, and it's it's there is no right answer, I guess. There's a, there's a moral answer. Um, but if the world if everybody dies, I mean, it, you know, did you didn't obviously didn't do enough. And, and that's a nice uh it's made some for some fun moments of people looking at themselves and being like, I can see where they're coming from. If it gets us power, like maybe this is a deal that we take because we're losing. And and there's been opportunity for you guys to try to make those decisions on what you're going to do. Will you accept power or, you know, and, and potentially become corrupt or will you try to stay true to yourself? And we've seen at least one character be like, oh yeah, I'll take the power. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> a couple times. It's just a couple times. And it's again, it lends to because you know, you have the character who is saying, Yeah, I'll I'll take the power because you know, ultimately we need this power to try to stop this very powerful individual that we're chasing down. Um, but by the same token, you have the rest of the party going, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. This is not going to end well for you. We may have to kill you if you keep on this path. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all at that point too. And, and maybe not because of the relationships, but because of some of those decisions, I think there is a, an unease of, um, you know, Boromir and the ring, you know, it, it's one of those things of at, at what point is this person going to make a play and they've, you know, they've gone too far and there's no coming back from. And so we're all also a little on edge with each other waiting for that moment of, okay, there's my line in the sand. Now we have to fight. Right. Uh, we have a one character in the game who's his, his moral issue is, is he doesn't want to kill things now he will kill things like if he absolutely has to defend himself but if he has the option he is going to you know uh detain or capture uh people instead and we've run into situations where where your character for example is like well no they're they're evil they they have to die and he's like no that's not the case they shouldn't have to die and we've had arguments in game between the two of you that that have created like you said, this tension now outside of the game, we always we always take a minute to check the game. So if I see Nolan, and in this case, uh, the player's name is Zach, who's been on our show a couple times. If I see them getting really intense after the argument is, quote, over, I'll check it and say, OK, guys, are you good? And typically, as soon as I do that, they start laughing. And it's really just to break that tension because there is so much tension in the room at that point. And I think that's a fun part of some of those moments of RP or, and then the RP through conflict and, and I don't know, it's, it's one of those things of not having a moral system or having the alignment, like Travis said, is it's, it's different for every area. Um, You know, this person pushes their morals and then my character, uh, you know, I get that, you know, my God is probably a a lawful good God in the, in the pantheon. but he's also the god of war. And so when, you know, for me, it's more of, I've played it as a, uh, I don't like the violence. If I'm going to put something down, I'm going to do it quickly. So he's kind of a, a sniper. Uh, he doesn't enjoy combat. Um, but when he does something, it's it's very much of this person. Like you said, this person is a monster at this point. They've made their choice. They are a threat. And I get to play a little Judge dread style thing. And so... It's been fun. It's been interesting. And then I've also played my character as uh, um, I feel like the other character is very young and naive and hasn't been out in the real world. And I'm a very old elf that's seen a lot of horrible things, um, but also not being from an RP standpoint, not being so rigid in my uh, situation that where he's like, okay, maybe maybe that old way isn't there anymore. You know, the old war was 150 years ago. You know, the, the last thing was 25 years ago. People are still just trying to survive um, doing what they know how. Maybe it's not, you know, absolute. So it, it's been fun. I've been trying to play it as a character that's maybe not necessarily grown, but uh, maybe is letting go of the old ways and doesn't need to kill everything it sees like a murder hobo. Uh, interesting thing about Vengeance of the Shunned is... Because you were chasing um, this Mahiel, this this dark elf who is you know, trying to change things, uh, she is actively pursuing bits of titans. The result of which being she is going to consume the titan bits to to gain their power, so she can 
do what she feels like she needs to do. Uh, what has happening is, and this is common in Scarred Lands. In Scarred Lands with magic users, there is always a consequence for casting magic, for tapping into that power. So when you see an arcane magic user cast a spell, they may radiate uh, lightning off of them or fire or things like that, which is one of the reasons why casters do not wear uh, metal armor. So what we're having in Vengeance of the Shunned is this thing called Mesos Bane. Mesos is one of the uh, gods, correct? Okay, yes. I, I stuttered. I was like, is Mesos a titan or a god? I can't remember. Um, so Mesos Bane um, is what happens when you cast magic. Well, it is different with Mahiel now because she is, she's got this... Um, artifact from the divine war that is causing arcane magic to be twisted and change so there's many different results of missiles bane and so when you cast a spell you have to roll on a d6 to see what happens sometimes it's generating heat sometimes it's generating light sometimes it's lightning sometimes you create a psychic dissonance and sometimes it has absolutely no effect uh with missiles bane spreading across the land you deal with unusual things and and the way you can track Mahiel is if you're within a certain radius or range of her within this radius of effect, with Mesa Spain being more dramatic, you know you're closer to her. Well, we and our group do not have an arcane caster, which has been, I don't want to say it's debilitating because you guys, you know, you're perfectly fine. You're moving about the adventure, but I think it would have added a little bit more flavor to it. Yeah, a missed opportunity for sure. And I do apologize. Uh, Miso was a Titan. Okay. Yeah, there's, you know, the Pantheon in Scarred Lands is so rich that it's, I often get confused as to who is who. And, neat little thing there. Uh, Meso was the uh, sire of sorcery, the creator of magic. And when the war came, the gods killed the Titan Meso first. Uh, mostly because they felt he was the greatest threat. It said that Meso could steal the very power from the gods themselves and that, that he must be destroyed before this could happen. Uh, when Meso's form was sundered, sundered, the explosion flung his essence to the farthest reaches of existence. So while he's dead, that explosion is what causes these issues. Um, but yeah. So there you go. So yeah, so you guys haven't had to deal with this. And I think it'd be interesting to go back and have somebody who's playing a warlock or a sorcerer or a wizard or a bard who does cast um, these arcane spells and suddenly things are going absolutely crazy. Like we saw one and one of the side quests, uh, the effect was really amplified. Um, we had one arcane caster. And the way I've been running the game is the bad guys, the evil guys that you guys have to face off with are just as much under the effect as everybody else. And so there was a random table where we're rolling, where I had to roll the dice every time my 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 character, the DM's character, was fighting. Every time he cast a magic spell, I had to roll a dice. And one of the results was a cow appears above them and just squishes them. Yeah, that was a great moment. So there's, I like that the writers have mixed in some comedic effect because I think every one of you just had this look of like, what the fuck just happened? And you all were laughing hysterically, which isn't uncommon in our games because even when we play like serious games, you guys always work comedy in. So I have to ask Nolan, with, with this mega campaign, is this something you would recommend other people to play? Uh, absolutely. Um, I think there is enough, I don't know. I, I feel like there's enough adventures out there that deal with, uh, one through eight, you know, one through 12, um, having something 
big enough and uh, on this scale to get up to level 15 is kind of fun and exciting. Um, it is a good world tour of Skarn. So if you like Scarred Lands and want to have an excuse to see different places, I would say that would be uh, worth it alone. Um, and then even if you just wanted the way that they are written in those little block second sections, um, it is, you know, book four is for, you know, level four, when you're done with level four, get to level five. So if you're writing your own story and you have gaps, you could, you could snag each one of these books and kind of throw it into that area to add something happening in that area, or you stumble across. So I think there's a lot of fun ways to use just about every single book, even if you chose not to play it in order. Um, Cause this could be, this could be happening in the world while it's going and your, your characters, you know, happen to stumble across one thing, accidentally throw it her and be like, man, that's weird. I, I don't know what that's about. And then go about your little campaign. And I think all of them are unique enough because so many different people contributed to this campaign that even if you didn't want to play vengeance of the shun, like Nolan said, you could just pull one of these side quests and, and or one of the other ones and just play it. Uh, you can do some tweaking. Like I was looking at the one that we are going to be playing today. Uh, we're playing Expedition to the Gluttonous Cave today, which let me scroll nice. up here. So just to give you guys an example, uh, this is the introduction for Expedition into the or Expedition to the Gluttonous Caves. This is an adventure designed for four to six tier three characters. It is optimized for an average party level of 12. Guidelines in, are included in each encounter for modifying the difficulty based on the group. Uh, based on the group's APL. This adventure is set in the Titan's home mountains where the adventurers will need to find an alternate entrance into the gluttonous cave to claim an artifact that Mahiel can use to increase the effectiveness of the ritual that she is performing to obtain godhood. So quick, quick synopsis is the adventurers have learned that minions of Mahiel are seeking an artifact that will help increase the power of Mahiel's ritual. The adventurers are tasked with retrieving the artifact by whatever means they can and return it to Dreamin, a member of the Academy of Magic and Engineering that the adventurers have met before for. Draymond believes that he they are headed to a lesser known entrance to the caves in the peaks of the Titan Homes Mountains to the east. Those seeking the adventures have just left. Um, I'm sorry, those seeking the artifact have just left, but are estimated to be three to four days away. Uh, the adventures are about three days hard travel from the entrance to the gluttonous cave to retrieve the artifact they will need to be brave or they need to brave the harsh environment to arrive in time fight or negotiate with those that have the artifact and deal with mahiel's agents and they say that you guys are three to four days away because the last one wrapped up in the titan's home mountains nice. yeah so you have nice nice you have that nice continuation and sometimes it's strange like some of these are written like oh so they're up here in the plains of lead but guess what you were just down in Lokil the day before which is like clear across the map from each other yeah i think getting it together in one book and and bridging those gaps i think would make this a, a better story than it already is which is i mean that's hard to do it is. Yep. And I think you're absolutely right. That would help tremendously. And and I'm going to say just like Nolan did, this is a game or this is an adventure that I, I would recommend anybody play. Um, it's written, of course, in 5e rules, as well as I believe there's a Pathfinder version as well. So this helps, you know, you bridge that gap of playing in a new world by playing with rules that you're already familiar with. So it is available on the Slurisian Vault, which you can get to by clicking on that link to drive through RPG at the top of our page. Uh, there are tons, I think there's um, just massive amount of adventures for this and they all play, you can, you can play them in order as we're doing, or you can play them out of order, however you like. I think the side quests are, some of them are tuned for the same level, so you can just flip flop them if you wanted to play them however you needed to. Uh, and keep in mind that, you know, we did this, we started out with just three players and we had, we grew to a fourth player 
it is a little bit you as the dm you're gonna have to tune it down if you have three players because there's a lot of combat and some of the combat is pretty damn intense yeah there are a lot of and and unique monsters which has been fun but dealing with them is its own challenge just because i think that's kind of uh a neat aspect of well i haven't seen that before i mean you can only get eaten by so many horn saws and blood puddles and hags you know i mean there's it's a, it's a lot a lot of different monsters across the breadth agreed and i do believe on drive through there is an even even a monster compendium just for vengeance of the shunned i think that's correct i think it's a monster and uh equipment book that was available that they put out they called it the uh, vengeance of the shunned uh peril primer there you go so yeah, there's there's stuff out there, other things out there. I I do hope that they throw this all together as one book because and make it POD. That would be really cool. Well, I don't have anything else about this one. Do you? Uh, no. No, I just again reiterate that we think it's a great campaign. Uh, it's worth checking out, and it's rare that you get those campaigns that take you from first level up to these higher levels, these fifteens and twenties and such. Uh, so this is one that you could pull and play for quite a while. Uh, great i think they did a great job writing it and highly recommend it yep i definitely give it a as worth your time i th- um it just again a lot of hard work went into it and they did a really good job of putting together a story i think as we've gone and leveled up i felt like we were kind of at the right level going through things i felt like the levels were earned um and i imagine that's a not an easy thing for you know one author to do is to try you know hey you leveled up but it's because you had enough experience. I felt like every time we wrapped up a book, um, it was worthy of another level. Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. Uh, there's, I don't think there's ever been a time where I felt like you guys didn't deserve it. Now, there's been times where I thought you should have leveled up, but you didn't. But then as the rest of the adventure played out, I was like, oh, okay, I can see the point there. Yeah. Yep. All right, Nolan, we have reached that point of the show where we like to tell people how they can get a hold of us. So how can they reach you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at N Lemire's. And of course, I'm Patrick, and I'm on most of the social medias at 307RPG, including Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and so on. Um, so that is it for this week. Next week, we will probably, well, we will be talking more about Scarred Lands. Not exactly sure what yet. Um, I do think we are going to try to grab some of our characters from Vengeance of the Shunned and throw those up on our Patreon site. So if you are a Patreon supporter, you'll be able to see our characters and Download them to play as you wish. They're going to be around 12th or 13th level, so you'll be looking at some higher-level characters. And then other than that, um, you know, folks, just just be safe. Uh, There's a lot going on in the world right now. Make sure you're practicing social distancing. Make sure you're staying informed. It's a scary time, but it's also a great time that you can be playing some awesome games and using those resources like Roll20 and Astral to, to stay connected with your friends and family. Other than that, that is it for this week, guys. We will catch you next time. Bye, everybody.